Hey, 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 thanks for pressing play. And welcome, as always, to another edition of the Suns Jam Session Podcast. If you happen to be listening to this podcast, nothing's changed. It's part of your morning routine. You wake up, you walk the dog, throw in the AirPods, go around the park, put on the Suns Jam Session Podcast. Why? Because you want to know what happened last night. But if you're watching this, you might notice that yeah, we're a couple hours late. A couple hours later than usual. That's because both Matthew and I were actually down at the Footprint Center, the footy, if you will, covering the game on behalf of Bright Side of the Sun. And what a game it was. The Phoenix Suns win, go to five and six. Devin Booker's back. Bradley Beal's not. Matthew, so much to talk about. So little time. So late at night. What do we do? What do we do? Oh, it's late and great. I'm just excited to be here with a victory, man. The Suns win a game? What's going on? Booker is Jesus. Once they rewrite the Bible... He'll be in there somewhere. <laughs> Look, and and on in the book of Booker, thirty six unbothered. That's what, that's, <laughs> yes. that's what we're going with because uh, I mean it, it was uh, a great performance, obviously by both Devin Booker by Kevin Durant, and it's something that we are going to be talking about on this here edition of the Suns Jam Session podcast. So welcome and enjoy we hope you have a good time uh again sorry that we're on a little bit late but we were at the game and then you know a, a victory bourbon with the voice of the phoenix suns john bloom we had to go by a, a local <laughs> establishment yeah. you had a bourbon right it was a what was it garrison bourbon correct out of yeah i said i'll have whatever he has i'll just drink liquor i don't care you know and it was tasteful you know warmed me up a little bit and i'm uh, feeling good so you got and, a little bit of a buzz listening tonight and i oh oh a little bit Little little buzz lissy action. Mm-hmm. All right, this is going to be good. Well, I had an Oban fourteen, so uh, if you guys know that, that's a that's a fine scotch. So we're going to talk about the Suns. I'm going to actually crack open a beer, Matthew, because why not? Do it. I wish I had one. When you wish upon a star. Suns win 133 to 115, a victory over a team in the Minnesota Timberwolves that have just won seven in a row, white hot, although be it on a back-to-back, coming into downtown Phoenix, taking on the Phoenix Suns, and they didn't have Bradley Beal, which of course brings me to my first question. Oi, Matty, mate, I've got to ask. I've got to ask yes. Bradley Beal 60 minutes before the game. It's announced that Bradley Beal will not be playing in this game. Uh, every sign pointed to that. This would be the debut of the Phoenix Suns big three that we would finally see this team come to fruition. But ultimately it did not occur 36 unbothered, but are you bothered or worried about number three Bradley Beal? Yeah, absolutely. I'm actually shocked that he was going to play this game. The way he looked last game, just hobbled, bothered, walking around like an old man. I was like, there's no way he's playing next game. But we're like, hey, the big three are going to be together tonight. I was shocked to hear that. But I was even more shocked to hear 60 minutes before, when we're waiting for him to come out for warm-ups, that he's going to miss it. I was like, that is a late scratch. Um, 
it's definitely bothersome. I think the back is just one thing that's going to linger all season. Mm-hmm. I'll just say it. I mean, I just think it's going to. You know, it's one of those things where we're going to have to watch it all year long. I hope he gets healthy quick. But it, it's something that's a bummer, right? I mean, you want these three to play together. The way KD's been playing and how he's just been playing every game healthy. Booker's back. Look dominant, like I said earlier, like Jesus. But now you have Beal to worry about. And Beal is just basically, like I say all the time, like the cherry on the Sunday with his team. He's definitely the guy that's going to carry us to those 30-point, 40-point victories because you can't guard all three of those guys. With the way Book looked tonight, and you mm-hmm. just imagine Beal on this team, you just want to see it. But I don't know how long we have to wait. Maybe next game. Maybe Utah, he plays. But it's every other game. Every game after that, you're like, is he going to be scratched? How's his back? It's going to be a thing. And we just got to get used to it, I think. Right? It's not just going to be a thing. It's already a thing, unfortunately, that Bradley Beal comes here, comes to Phoenix, and you know he's played in three games. And the Suns are one and two in those games. Devin Booker tonight obviously played. The Suns are two and one in games that he's played. So we've had three games of Beal and three games of Booker uh, yet to overlap. And I think that's the challenge that we as Suns fans are facing is they have not taken the court at the same time. And it's, again, you know, we say 36 unbothered, and I think I've said this before, but it is bothersome just because you want to see it. You want to see it. You have, it's like Christmas Eve, and you just want to wake up so bad to see, to get your presents and to open them and see what kind of fun toys that your parents got you. I mean, Santa got you, and ultimately you unwrap disappointment. But at the same time, you have to understand that when it comes to back spasms, which is a hard word to rhyme, but credit to John Bloom uh, over a Burma tonight said back orgasms. Uh, that rhymes with Are back spasms. So, that, so shout out to Bloom. No, he just said don't use his actual audio, but he wanted credit for back orgasms, uh, backgasms, if you will. Uh, it's something that you're going to have to. Yeah. <laughs> what you don't like that <laughs> no i like it i just i'm scared to use anybody's name on this pod hey but... <laughs> he said to say it I'm okay, just, okay i'm just carrying out the <laughs> okay. wishes of the voice of the phoenix Suns all right for, for all right. christ's sakes but when you're dealing with those lower back issues this is going to happen tightness you, you mentioned it matthew the fact that he played through last game was impressive because he was clearly in pain You take a look at Bradley Beal, his first game back against the Lakers, the first half he looked fantastic. But at the back end of that first half, he took a pretty nasty fall, stretched out, was really kind of, you could see it was was perplexing him, played poor in that second half, had an average game in game two, and had an average game in game three. He's clearly hurt. And is it unfortunate? Yes. Do we wish that he was back? Yes. But as El Sol says in the chat, BB3 needs to be 100% before he comes back. And that's what we need to focus on just as a franchise and a fan base. Like we are 11 games into the season. The sky isn't falling. Is it going to be a thing all year? Absolutely. And one thing that we were talking about tonight is I think that when he does get healthy again, that you start to ease him back in by bringing him off the bench, have him fill the Eric Gordon role. Let Eric Gordon continue to play as a starter because Starter Eric Gordon is a productive Eric Gordon. Yeah, there's a couple of things I don't agree with. Um, okay. You know, the 100% uh, BB3 needs to be 100% before he comes back. I don't think he's going to be 100% all year. I think this is just something that's going to linger. I mean, let's say find the cause and they can actually rest him maybe a full, full, maybe a couple of weeks. But with the Suns record the way it is right now, I just don't think you can actually do that. 
Um, the other thing I kind of disagree with is coming off the bench. Obviously, we talked about it earlier. But mm-hmm. I'm just like that would kind of be an ego shot to him. I know, like you come in 20, 24 minutes, but that's not going to really solve. I think the back issue. The way that Beal plays is he plays high energy. He's going to be a high flyer there towards the rim, trying to make plays near the rim, you know. And just like the last few games before he was out, this last game, he was trying to make those plays and landing on his back a few games ago. Mm-hmm. That's just the way he is, and it's going to be hard to tame that. I don't know if he comes off the bench or starts. You're still going to see that, right? You're still going to see him in there making plays, ending up on the floor, and that's the part that sucks is because I feel like Booker's the same way. He's going to draw contact stuff, but him and KD, I'm not too worried about being injured now. The way Book looked tonight looked really good, but Mm -hmm. the way that Beal is, he just needs to be that starting position. He's a two-guard and I think coming here to Phoenix, I think it's just a thing where he still wants to be known. He still wants to be an all-star. So he has to get healthy. But the thing is, Jamsters, I don't know if it's going to be a thing anytime soon, maybe till next year. And I'm not trying to be too negative. I'm just saying it's going to be a thing because the lower back is just a big issue. I think it's going to linger for sure. Well, and I'll say it's not about who you start with. It's about who you finish. And that's what should matter to Bradley Beal. And I think that that's something that he's accepted coming here, knowing he's going to be the third wheel in the relationship, right? It is 36 unbothered. It is Kevin Durant and Bradley Beal. It's Devin and Kevin on this team. And he's the guy who just wants to come in here and just play, have fun playing basketball. And right now he can't play basketball because of his back and it sucks. Uh, I hate Janston in the chat says, as someone with lower back pain, it's a tricky thing to have. And it will some, it will be something that will always be there. I can empathize with Brad. I can too. I have sciatic nerve issues that I live with every day because I'm fat. Uh, and I, I have a... Uh, herniated disc in my l5s1 you know so it's like lower back back steps lower back stuff sucks and it's unfortunate that we were robbed of the big three tonight but we did get back one devin armani fucking booker big dick booker BDB was out there once again playing for the Phoenix Suns, and in only 26 minutes played, Matthew, he ended up going 12 of 22 from the field, including 2 of 7 from beyond the arc, had 31 points, 5 assists, 4 rebounds, and only 2 turnovers. How great was it to see Devin Booker back out there on the court? And I might note before I hand it off to you, my friend, that he had the jersey on, and then he had like a cutoff black shirt underneath the jersey. It was one of the coolest looks I've ever seen a fucking player wear with the black headband. <laughs> like, not only is he a badass, but he like even like I just I I, I love you, Devin Booker. Yeah, post game post game interviews, him and Katie talk about how he has beef with everybody in this league, right? Yeah, because uh, he talks about his um, someone asked, and I forget the name. I do apologize. Asked a question about you know playing against towns. You know, does that just get a little bit more of a fire in your belly? No, he just has beef with everybody. He's going to play like that. And, dude, this game looks so different compared to anything we've seen all year. I just – the spacing, I you could probably throw it up to a little bit of Minnesota being a little tired from the back-to-back. Maybe this wasn't the real ant, I don't feel like. But the way Book came out and the spacing that he has in between him and his defender and what he can do to create, it's just insane. There was a one, yeah. there was a one play in the third quarter where he came out, brought the ball down, First possession, it just looked like Nurk had a great shot at the three, but it passed it up, gave it back to Book. Then he's, he swings it back around, runs the other side of the court, and he hits Gordon wide open for a three. Or a Kogi. A Kogi. It's just the way he just can change this game. It's MVP worthy. 
Um, I think you talked about maybe even writing an article about that because it's totally oh, true. Yeah. This team is just drastically different with Booker. The spacing, what he can do to help KD out, what he can do to get everybody involved. Our point guard situation to start with is solved. Backup point guard, no. We'll figure that out later, maybe. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But just with Booker just changing the momentum of the game, making sure that we continue to push a lead up, he just he he brings it every game. And I think that tonight's game, the amount of points he had in the limited minutes, it's just insane. Every look he had, even the missed ones, looked great. To have him on the court, you feel so comfortable with him bringing the ball up. And the best part, I think, is even in the fourth, when he starts the fourth quarter, he brings it up slowly, wants to waste some time. And sometimes you're like, oh, come on. Like, you're just trying to, you're just watching the clock. Cause we're all worried about the, the fourth quarter. And yes. how we just, you know, we cannot give up this lead again, right? We can't falter again in the fourth. And you're like, you're wasting time. You're not getting good looks. No, no. Every time he had the ball bringing it up, he would get a good look or he would find a teammate. He would he would basically wait, make sure that the clock was down to like maybe five or six seconds and they would still have a good shot. I just, I don't know. It just seemed like a different book, even better booker than before. I don't know what it is. I just said what it was, but I'm just saying like he just went up another level already in just one game, I feel like. Well, and I said it at the beginning of the season after watching him in the preseason and then obviously his first game that Devin Booker has leveled up. And the confidence that you have in watching him play the sport of basketball is at an all-time high. And I can't tell you how many times you and I are sitting there in media row watching him play and he'll just put together a great play. And I'll just kind of give you a look out of my side eye. I'm like, this motherfucker like he yep. is so good at basketball uh, i love what john does 69 says in the chat uh great name by the way john <laughs> does 69 says that cut sleeve shirt definitely had like a motorbike or a wolf graphic on it <laughs> i didn't even I mean, oh man go back notice. and look at the pictures man yeah he just he's on a different level but you're you're 100 right so many people you know, there, there's been a lot of conversation obviously with the recent woes of the phoenix suns especially in the fourth quarter about well if you bring booker back does he solve the issues that you have the inefficiencies the lack of uh offensive continuity the lack of uh a bill or the, the the pure isolation basketball um and on the defense and the turnovers and the, on the defensive end and we saw a lot of that tonight when Devin Booker started this game right off the bat, you're like, oh, okay. Yeah, we don't have a quote-unquote traditional point guard, but what Devin Booker brings is a calmness, uh, a basketball intellect, and a comfortability with this offense to run it effectively. And it was funny in the post-game conference, uh, both Devin Booker and Kevin Durant came out and, and fielded questions from the media uh, together. And, you know, Kevin Durant kind of jokingly, I was like, hey, we got our point guard back, you know, then asked a little bit later, later, like Booker, you know, they're like, well, what do you think about being called the point guard? And he was sitting there, you know, just kind of like, uh-uh, I'm not the point guard. He's like, I just, I just, you know, I, I'm a conduit in between players. I'm from one guy to another. I'm just passing it off to another player. But you saw it with his aggressiveness. You saw it with his, uh, his wit, if you will, on the court and his ability to just get to his spots. And like you said, elevate over players and score literally at will. He's just... You know, you mentioned it a little bit, but MVP style, I will be putting together a piece that you can read on brightsideofthesun.com tomorrow. So if you if you don't read, stop by the site. There's a lot of great content that 
uh, both myself and Matthew and our other writing team put together about your Phoenix Suns, the team that you clearly care about if you're listening to this shit. Um, but his absence for seven games, coupled with his production in the three games he's played, has him on an MVP level type conversation. Obviously, very, very small sample size of three games, but averaging over 30 points, getting at least five assists in every game, he and seeing how the team performs when he's not present, that can sometimes speak volumes. And what he's doing right now at the level he's doing it is MVP level, man. Yeah, it's there. The conversation's there. I think it was before the season, but you can see how good he is with even, you know, with Beal out and then Kevin Durant just playing the way he is. But even when Kevin Durant's playing without Book, it's a different game. But Blaze Megatron says Booker attacked all their best defenders with no fear. It's insane, like how much spacing he has between three defenders. He can be yeah. triple, triple team going up for a jump shot. He gets it up just like KD does. And you mentioned that before in another pod where he learned a lot from KD from getting that spacing and taking his time. That's just such a huge thing because he doesn't before he used to kind of go too far into the paint or, you know, like, Oh, you went maybe one, two steps too far. He doesn't do that anymore, man. He really does find his spots for sure, but he makes sure that the offense continues to flow too. Yes. And he is our it's bullshit. He's our point guard, dude. He, when he brings the ball, I'm like, that's our point guard. And plus the nuggets team, if they don't have Jokic, they don't win. Right. It's the same thing with book. If we don't have book, we're not going to win shit. I don't care if Beal's a hundred percent. KD's 100%. This team's not going to win anything. I'm just talking about going on a two-game win streak without <laughs> Booker in the lineup. Yeah, I mean, when Beal's out there, and we've noted it on previous podcasts, it's more of a frenetic type of uh, offense. He's definitely a two-guard who yeah. has a is an elite score. Elite. But from a playmaking standpoint, he doesn't necessarily possess that same acumen that Devin Booker does. So it's great to have him back. And he plays at one speed. That's big dick speed, man. Like he is so intense <laughs> yeah. all the time. You can't. That's why Frank Vogels had to pull him back because I know two games ago when the, the it was against the Lakers, I was there watching him do his pregame shoot around. I'm like, dude, he can go right now. Like he's moving around. He's he's hustling. He's sprinting. He's shooting. Uh, and I think that Frank Vogel's like, I got to hold this dog back because if I don't, he's going to go 100% all the time and he could hurt himself further. So that's why he continued to hold him back for as long as he did. Uh, Saltiest Gaming in the chat says, reading is overrated. If reading is overrated, then what is writing? Who the heck are you? I'm Kevin Durant. You know who I am. I know who I am. Did anybody see a sniper? Did anybody see anything? I'm one of the best players to ever play a game. Uh, this is my typical like fanboy moment. I love Kevin Durant so much. Just watching him during shoot around and seeing him just the way that he approaches the game and the way that he executes. Uh, it's just, it's so awesome having him on the team, a very, very efficient night for him. Only 15 shots taken. And he was 11 of 15. He hit both of his three point shots. He hit all of his seven free throws, ended up having 31 total points, much akin to Devin Booker. They combined for 62 points tonight, had six rebounds, six assists, and only two turnovers. Did have one block as well, one monument, monumental block on Rudy Gobert. And I will note that those two turnovers did happen in the fourth quarter, right when he checked back in with about the eight-minute mark. Two consecutive turnovers as a, you know when the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves began the quarter on a 15-5 run, and we were both all just like, oh, shit, here we go again. Uh, but Kevin Durant tonight, efficient, playing some defense, looked again just 
fantastic. And it's great to see him be that efficient. And that's a precursor. You know, again, we just have that long conversation about Bradley Beal being out. But when Bradley Beal is someday healthy and knowing that Devin Booker is out there, Kevin Durant can continue to just operate in his space and do so at, at an elite level because he's Kevin Durant. You know who he is. He's the best. Yeah, and I love how he's ever play. I love how he takes a back seat to book too. Like he's basically uh-huh. in the other press conferences. He's just like, we gotta wait till books back. Like he, Dude, he was on his difference. phone the whole time. He was like tweeting shit out, probably. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. No, I think he like looked at the scorecard. That's what he does when he's like looking down at the table. Is that what you're talking about? Oh no, he had his phone out. He. Oh, did he have his phone out? <laughs> yeah, okay, check my right. pictures. He care. He's he's go with the flow guy. He's go with the flow, KD. Um, but in this game, I feel like he got like a kind of silent seven points in the first quarter. But he did a good job of when books off the floor, kind of taking responsibility. And unless you know, when he turned the ball over, like you said, to start the fourth quarter, that was kind of like, oh, okay, can we get book back in the game? But Katie knows his role on this team, right? He's second to book, and I think he just knows how much better this team is with him. It doesn't mean like when books out, he's not gonna give it his all, he's yeah. gonna definitely be KD. But we just know the difference of like the old KD and this KD. KD can't really make those shots sometimes in the fourth to really seal a game or extend a lead. That's Booker's job now. KD is a guy that's going to search out McDaniels, though, right? JD McDaniels, yes. one of the best defenders in the league. Yes. He's going to make sure he knows that he's KD still and hit jump shots over him all game long. Yeah, he searched nice. him out, made sure to look, make him look foolish as the subreddit stakeout. They'll, they'll say it in there, too. Oh, I can't wait. They could not miss shots. The Suns couldn't miss shots tonight, but it's because of spacing. Kevin Durant doesn't want spacing. There's a few wide open shots, but he backs that bony butt up into anybody, <laughs> dude. Can you imagine how bony his butt is, dude? Oh, yeah, like right, right in your, your chest. Yeah, but like the guys that are defending him, it's like right in your chest. <laughs> so that must hurt like hell. Um, I just thought about that all night. Um, but yeah, Katie's really good, man. And to see him a book at the podium, just great. Best uh, friends, right? Yeah, yeah, that was it's always great to see that when Katie and book walk in the, the press conference room and you're just like, dude, life doesn't suck right now. Even in a loss, it doesn't suck. Uh, Jack M incredible. How a top five all time guy is happy to take a backup role behind Booker. What a man. I yeah. agree with that because he knows that Devin Booker's in his prime right now. And all he needs to do is just, you know, it's, it's like, uh, you ever gone bike riding? Like aggressive bike line, bike yeah. riding, whatever it's called. The people with the helmets, like they draft behind people, they get low and they like draft behind. I've never done it, but I've seen it. Um, that's what he's doing right now. He's like, I can just get behind book and draft, man, because this guy is a, a beast and he's, I can be he's a beast fierce. as well. One thing that I do, uh, I did notice tonight, and it's a change, is the substitution patterns that Frank Vogel had for Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant, for the most part, has been playing the entire 12 minutes of the first quarter sits out the first you know in hopefully five minutes of the second but because the suns will suck he has to come back with like three minutes and that same substitution pattern kind of happens in the third going into the fourth tonight they pulled him with i think three or four minutes left in that first quarter because devin booker was there and even with bradley beal when bradley beal played in those three games that substitution pattern did not occur it was still 12 minutes of of devin booker knowing that bradley beal was on a minutes restriction and knowing that probably Devin Booker was tonight too. I mean, 26 minutes played ultimately for Devin Booker, but the way that Frank Vogel, because of the skill set that Booker possesses, can substitute Kevin Durant a little bit more and get him a little bit more rest is something that I noticed. And I think that the Suns uh, stepped up in the times in which he was off. Although I will say that first time that like small snippet where he was out at the end of the first quarter, 
the Suns were a negative seven, I want to say. I think I wrote that in the article. I was just like, oh, man, negative seven. Like, can we just have a positive minutes with Kevin Durant on the, on the bench for the love of Christ almighty? For the love of Oban 14 scotch. Delicious stuff. I didn't even get a sip from it. You didn't even offer me a sip, man. Had your bourbon, man. You and Bloom are just sitting there drinking bourbons because that's the cool thing to do. If it was 1975, you'd have cigarettes lit in a low lit bar outside of the. I Spectina. miss smoking cigarettes. I, do I would have a deeper, nastier voice, guys. I would have a real radio voice if I had to smoke some cigarettes. Yeah, but let me tell you here, guys. <laughs> Big crank, you banks. I'm telling you, man. Big Crank Eubanks again tonight was just unfucking believable. 20 minutes played. Okay. You have Nurkic had 24 minutes played. Eubanks, 20 minutes played. Six of nine from the field. 13 points, four rebounds, three assists. And he, he had a three. One he of one did. from beyond the arc. Drew Eubanks hit a three-pointer tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Jamsters of all ages. We saw a Drew Eubanks three live and in person. And the, that jam that he had over Carl Anthony Towns. If you go back and you watch that, look at Carl Anthony Towns' face. It's like this. <laughs> I want that shit on a shirt, man. I want that on a oh, shirt. Oh, yeah. It was a Mari dog, right? Yes, he didn't even was. touch the rim. He just threw it in. It was a Mari-esque. This guy doesn't care who's on him. Um, he doesn't care, you know, his momentum towards the rim. Like, he he just has it all, really. He has a lot of the moves down in the post. Give him some time. Like, he takes his time, right? Like, I think sometimes we might freak out because he has the ball in the paint. It's like, oh, shit, what's he going to do? But now I think when he does take his time, we all kind of trust what he's going to do because he has some moves down there to get the pump fakes. The guy, like, Rudy Gobert, even when he played against Chet, who are lanky guys, kind of a little bit slower. I know Rudy Gobert's defense is insurmountable, right? Yeah, I guess. Yeah. I just never know what they're talking about with his defense. I understand it, but whatever. But I just love the fact <laughs> he's that he's a great advanced stats metric defense. He is, right? He is. You know, he's the king of it. Like, put, give him the LeBron crown. <laughs> him and uh, DeAndre Ayton. Yeah, they yeah, definitely they're, are. They're, they're so good. But I think I think he can take advantage of those guys. He talked about it last game. Like you give him the more minutes than Nurkic in a game like this, he'll take advantage of it. This is why I kind of brought up earlier in the season where I thought Eubanks had a chance to be our starter because he his IQ is huge. But Nurkic, I think his passing and him being the connector with that first team is really big. But Eubanks, he knows what to do on the pass on the pick and roll. He's ready for it and he's ready to actually make quick decisions. A few times tonight when he didn't make the quick decision, it hurt him. I'm not used to seeing that from Eubanks, right? That's kind of more like a jock thing or a DeAndre Ayton thing. Mm -hmm. I just think that he knows exactly what to do with the ball in any kind of situation down there in the paint. Um, but I, I just, the thing is with Eubanks, he brings a lot more than just, you know, the, the quick little moves and the dunks. I think his spacing's great. I think he knows exactly how to inter interact with anybody that's on the floor. Like any kind of like situation he's in with anybody, he's on any kind of rotation. He knows how to play. It's been so quick. It's only 11 games. I think he's really found his way here in Phoenix. He's one of those guys where it's like he's quickly replacing like a Kogi as like my favorite son right now. Just wow. because he, you know, a Kogi just does a few things that kind of drive me nuts. You know, he doesn't really, sometimes he throws, shows like a lack of confidence in shooting the ball or something. I just, after the fact that he misses it, like a free throw, like, I don't like that. Eubanks stays confident the whole game. 
he wants the ball more. He wants to make sure that they know that he can play the backup center on this team, but play an extent of time. Like he can play more minutes in Nurkic. I love that, man. I just, I think he's still starting Nurk, of course. Of course. But to have Eubanks come off the bench is just huge. He's better than Bismack and Jock last year, which is combined. a big plus. You just, com- you got to have those centers. He's combined. He's what Jock and Busy were last year. And we always said if you can combine that into one player as a backup big behind DeAndre Ayton. Man, you got something. But one guy was really good at defense, and one guy was decent at offense. Whereas yeah. Drew Eubanks does winning play type stuff on both ends of the floor. And I know that Blaze Megatron said earlier in the chat, and one of our elite jamsters, again, if you want to become an elite jamster, hit that join button down below. Someday we'll release elite content. Uh, writing is way more overrated rating than reading is. That's true. I spent way too much writing time writing and none of you fuckers read it and that's okay because i it's my outlet it's like my therapy it's how i put things out into the universe but i wrote a piece at the beginning of the year saying suns fans get ready because you're gonna love fucking drew eubanks and that's what's happening is there's a love for drew eubanks that's occurring because of the way that he operates on the court that he has that connectivity and he's a guy who already has chemistry with a lot of players on the team he's got solid hands. he's got some of the best hands I mean, uh, he does. He doesn't fumble the ball at he all. He doesn't right? fumble. Then that's what Never makes brings him great. It down. As doesn't soon as bring his chest high. He brings it straight. He up. goes right up and he's aggressive with it. And it was funny again in the post game uh, press conference. Somebody asked Kevin Durant, you know, how did they feel about Drew Eubanks and how he's navigating the space? You know, is you know this is new for him. And and Katie's like, you've been watching Eubanks his whole career because this has been happening his entire career. When he gets that ball in his hand and he palms it. That thing's going in. He's got massive hands, and he grabs the ball. So, if you, like, if you make the perfect player, it's like you take DeAndre Ayton's physical ability, you add, like, Drew Eubanks' hands, and then, like, the IQ of Devin Booker or something, I don't know, and you put him into a player, like, that's a highly effective center. And Eubanks, here, here's what's interesting about, about Eubanks, right, tonight. 13 total points, 6 of 9 from the field. All in the second quarter. He was six of eight in the second quarter. That was it. Came in, had a highly impactful second quarter. That team's the team scored 41 points. Why? Because Drew Eubanks was in there mopping shit up and scoring at a high clip, a highly efficient clip. And that's what you need. You need players like Drew Eubanks to come in off the bench. Players like Josh Kogi, who we'll talk about momentarily, but you need these guys to come in off the bench and provide you with effective minutes in which they're scoring the ball because that's what releases pressure from Kevin Durant, from Devin Booker. And if they can do so on the defensive end as well, it's a it's a double bonus. And that's that's what Eubanks gives you, man. Yeah, he's the best. Uh shout out to Biscuits in the, in the Bear. Biscuits in the Bear made a Thanks. savvy commitment at the begin front end of the season. Every time the Phoenix Suns win, whatever the margin of victory is. They would donate to the podcast in the super chat. $18. Biscuits in the Bear said, Woke up in time. LOL. Uh, appreciate that. And again, truly appreciate everyone who watches or listens this, to this podcast at any point. Uh, thank you for supporting us and what we do. It's so much fun to, to just talk about the Phoenix Suns and the fact that people want to hear us talk about it is pretty awesome, Matthew. <laughs> Hey, Joe, where you going with that gun of yours?
It finally happened. Josh Akogi had a positive offensive night tonight coming in off the bench. Uh, and we'll talk about kind of the rotations uh, here momentarily, but coming in off the bench, 19 minutes played. He was four or five from the field had 12 points. He was three or three from downtown. He had a total of four made three pointers in 10 games prior to tonight. He hit three of them uh, only zero rebounds for a Kogi one assist. So taking a look at Josh, I'll ask you this one. How nice was it to see him to have a positive impact on the offensive end? And two, why do you think that Frank Vogel started both Allen and uh, Eric Gordon instead of Josh Akogi and or Kata Bates Diop in this game? Well, I think they said that um, defensively, the way the Wolves actually play, like they kind of wanted to match that with the speed and stuff. Mm-hmm. But I really think that a lot of it is kind of getting uh, Eric Gordon back on track because, like we like we talked before, Eric Gordon is just that much better when he starts, right? But with Josh Akogi. Tonight, the way he actually just handled himself in the first quarter with full court press, hitting yeah. the two threes in a row, like we've mentioned with Eubanks, the way he played the second where he just came out and just was rock solid, then we just need that from a Kogi, right? One quarter, maybe. It doesn't have to be all all no. game long. Maybe it's too much pressure we put on him. Goodwin, he he fills in the spurts too. He fills in like the little holes that a Kogi leaves behind that he just can't really pick up and carry all game long, and that's fine. I think that... I don't look at Kogi's stat line as much. Uh, defensively, you can just check it out by how he's actually guarding them full press, and if he's making them like just aggravated and bringing the ball up, if that's what that's he does, what and that's fine. Fuck that's some what shit want. up, right? Yeah, but I just think that with the Kogi, there's so much there's so much responsibility for him, especially last year. Coming into the season, there was a lot. In the preseason, he looked great, right? Then you had all these injuries. You didn't have like the pillars of Booker. Bill and Durant really there at the same time, obviously, to help him do his shit because he is just that guy. When you have all three of those guys playing healthy, he's that guy that is going to extend the leads that are going to make the is going to make the big plays because those other guys bring the ball up. They're going to be worried about Booker or Bill or Kevin Durant, right? I just think that they're going to be thinking about that, like, hey, we got to make sure this is a solid offensive possession. Otherwise, these guys are going to like score us out of the arena, right? They're going to outscore us right away in this quarter by 20 points or something like that. I think that's really something that goes on in their mind. Then when that's happening, then you have guys like Goodwin and Akogi that can come around and just fuck things up, right? Yep, yep. Just like, you know, we call Grayson Allen the fuck shit up guy, but Akogi will go in there, make those big steals, dunk on guys on the fast break. That's coming. I think it's really coming. To see the shot go in tonight was huge. I just don't think it's going to be a consistent thing. It's just you no. want good, solid minutes from him. That's it, and that's what he was tonight. You want confident minutes. And that's what we got tonight from Josh Kogi was confident minutes. I mean, you saw after he hit one of the threes, his reaction just in pure body language is one of unbelievable relief because he's feeling it. 0 for 12 prior to that from beyond the arc. So having the ability to hit that is going to instill confidence in him, which translates to his defensive game. And that's what you bring him here for. You know, good, bad, or indifferent shit. I always say it. I said it again. Good, bad, or indifferent. I love it. Yeah, make a T-shirt, right? I, we need to have a drop where it's just like good, better, and different. You know, like <laughs> every time you say it, just get a full say drop. It's just, <laughs> it's just you know. In, instead, like when when I say it, this is what this is what goes on in my head. Terrible. Take a lap. God awful. Get going. Terrible. Take a lap. <laughs> and then, like I take a mental lap, but uh, <laughs> good, better, and different. 
he is going to be somebody who needs to be as a part of this lineup. What he brings, the intangibles that he brings, might not necessarily be somebody who is going to be in the starting lineup with regularity or even at all, but he is a valuable member of this team because he can play defense, because he can shut people down, or at least, as you mentioned, just be a disruptor. We just need some disruptors. Full court, three-quarter court press. I love seeing that stuff. We all do. I think that too many times we see opposing teams do it to the Suns, and we're like, why don't we do that? Why don't we just pick them up three and a half court? Just make them work a little hard. Tire them out a little bit. It's like a it's like a boxing match. You do it in the first quarter. You're not doing it in the first quarter to fuck them up. You're doing it in the first quarter so they're tied in the fourth and they lose their legs and the, all those jumpers come up a little bit short. And whose jumpers are who have, have come up short in the fourth quarter? The Suns. Because opposing teams are doing it to us. So seeing Nikogi a little bit more engaged doing that, I really feel like this is uh, we're on the right track. I know a lot of people are frustrated with Josh Kogi because of his shooting. Uh, and that, again, I know you guys don't like reading here, but I wrote a piece on Brightside about Josh Kogi. It's like, listen, he's had his woes, but ultimately he needs to be in the lineup, and we need to understand and respect that. So, um, anything else? On no, it's just the fact that it's like you know when we're losing, we kind of look for a guy to blame, right? And yes, I think always. that he—it's kind of like the same thing the Lakers do with D'Lo, right? D'Lo puts up some good stats, but you just blame him for the loss, anyways, right? Oh, he shot too much. He was actually 100 percent tonight, but it's his fault. Those should be LeBron's yeah. shots. Um, we kind of do the same thing with Okogi. Well, some of these players we do, it's just they're limited in ways, right? They do the little things. They're like the minions around these other guys. And uh, I'm looking forward to Okogi when these guys are happy or healthy again. <laughs> and That's happy. Hel- I love. He- healthy happy and, and healthy. Uh, shout out to Sir Hamo in the chat. Again, one of our least jamsters. He says, three members of the Aussie Suns fan podcast are here to celebrate. Yes, we have... Uh, Boyd is in the chat, as is Gavin, as is Hamo. So everyone but Nate, because Nate never watches the show. Come no? on, Nate. Be better than that. I don't, know I don't watch does. the show either. Yeah. Uh, I, I never know when they're live. I never oh, know if they're live or not. So, <laughs> But I, I do want to give a shout watch. out to Gavin. Gavin was, they, you know, they have a segment on... <laughs> On uh on the on the Suns broadcast like where they geez, they they, t- they talk about international fans and where you're watching the the game from and Gavin's photo was shown in front of his green screen that looks like one of those things that you put in front of your a sunshade that you put in your car he's like <laughs> yeah. a, a green uh, sunshade so shout out to Gavin for making his Phoenix Suns television debut tonight uh, you you gotta feel unbelievably special and. We're proud of you. I'm proud to call you a friend and a fellow podcaster. And clearly I'm stalling. Here we go. <laughs> Utah. The I don't want to spend too much time on you to Wantanabe, uh, but one of six from the field, three points because he made one, three, three assists, two rebounds. Uh, bad defense, bad defense. I know he's so bad a little bit, but it's when you watch it, it's not good, Matthew. No, I don't know. So, I I said a couple podcasts ago, I just want to see what they do or if they can just put Metsu in his place just to see what it looks like. I know Metsu is what listed as a power forward center, just see what it looks like. Um, we saw a little bit of Metsu tonight, of course, he's playing against the second team, the bench guys, but. I just I, I want to see him in that role because he can hit threes. He can go to the lane. He makes more sense offensively. Defensively, everyone's cooking Yuta, no matter who has the ball. And it's just, just like me playing defense. Them. I'm sorry, Yuta. Like we we love your corner threes and everything you bring to this team, the happiness you bring, the the joy. But defensively, it's hard. Like a guy like what was it? Ant would just brick a shot, one possession. It doesn't matter who's guarding him. But then 
Yuta's guarding him, and he just throws up a jump shot and nails it. It's just something with Yuta, and it's hard to watch sometimes, and I feel bad for the dude, but I'm just telling you, man, just throw Metsu in there and just see what it looks like. Same it's size. worth. There's been a lot of fluctuations in the rotations, and Yuta Watanabe is kind of this constant for Frank Vogel, and it must be due to his length and size and his ability to shoot the three ball, but 23 minutes again tonight, and as I mentioned, he was one of six from the field. He's one of four from downtown, so he's not adding yeah. a whole bunch to your offensive output. And defensively, he is a liability. He was attacked on multiple, multiple possessions. Every time they <laughs> give up a couple points, we're like, ah, well, yeah, that was on Utah as well. So just don't want to spend too much time on it. But again, just kind of, uh, you know, as salty as gaming says in the chat, he's a traffic cone and he's not hitting threes. Like that's. He's not. Know. I mean, he has maybe. <clears throat> oh, you hear Whoa. that? I don't know if you did hear that's, that. Question. That's that the that bourbon. Was that was the bourbon. Jinx. Yeah, me a Coke. Oh, you curse that. He uh he hits like a two threes maybe once in every five games he'll do. So I'm just like there has to be a replacement for him, even nausea a little, just something, man, because he's just a zero right now, man. It sucks. Maybe it's a KD thing. Maybe KD loves him that much that he needs to be on the court. But it's just that one player. It's like we're so close. Even when we're healthy, Yuta's still gonna be out there. But maybe the way that Vogel's gonna go about it is just like once Beal gets back and they get a few games there and Yuta's still playing, then they'll go from there and be like, okay, let's switch him out for someone else. It might take a few more games, but I don't think we'll be seeing him too much towards like the middle of the season. That's just my guess. I can I can see rotations being switched up and Vogel trying some different things. If this continues, if this trend continues of him being just uh, a zero on offense and a traffic cone on defense. So yeah. uh, real quick, Boyd in the chat, Creepy Crawley says, you look fucked up, John tired it's midnight here <laughs> that's it's been a long day i get up at six in the morning so it's been a long day watch. so this is an interesting one when you look at the stat line because he only had three <laughs> points he's the only member of the starting lineup not to have double figures he was one of three he only attempted three shots his only made shot was a three-pointer in this game he had five total rebounds four assists so you look at the box score and you go, hmm, Yusuf Nurkic had a bad game. Matthew, did Yusuf Nurkic have a bad game? I think he's still going to struggle, right? It's him just kind of blossoming in this offense and see how he can actually navigate things. That's the most interesting thing because Book comes back and what does he do? The time you're trying to go get a hot dog, but they close up the hot dog shop. You couldn't get a hot dog. He's out there with Booker. There's one turnover. It looks like a mess out there. They're yelling at each other a little bit back and forth, and it's fine because I feel like they can give it to Nurkic, right? Mm-hmm. On the court with Aiden back in the day when Aiden would fuck up, there wasn't too much yelling. There was kind of like, DA, this is more like, fucking, oh, 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 give it a go this way, go that way. And you know what? I think Nurk can deal with it. I think Nurk wants to win just as bad. He knows how fun this offense is going to be once he figures things out with these guys. But then sometimes when Nurk does have the ball and he's down the post, he does look like Aiden sometimes where he just looks a little nervous. He looks a little intimidated, not from the defender, but just the fact that he's a little nervous to mess things up when Booker and KD are out there because they do get into it a little bit. That's in the back of his mind, I feel like, when he does handle the ball with those two guys. So I don't know if that's a real thing, but I do notice that. So I don't know if you guys notice that, Jamsters, John, if like you can just see like how he's just kind of like, oh, I can't fuck this up. Right, this I'm just gonna yell that again if I don't hit this three, right? You know what I mean? But then they go back down the court, they gave each other high fives, good play. 
I think he just he needs to be yelled at on the court because he can take it, and he's also a guy that's going to be not complaining a lot, but he can also just voice his opinion a lot, right? He's always on the sideline talking to Frank Vogel, like, you know, I'm mm-hmm. not getting help on defense. You can just see like he's kind of frustrated defensively sometimes. He's getting left alone or whatever. But you kind of like the fact that these guys are still talking, and it doesn't seem like it's upsetting, but it's just it's a weird vibe with Nurk. I just don't know what it is. I'm excited still. I think he's still a good starting position or starting center, but it's just a weird vibe right now. And I'm interested to see how long it takes for him to get more comfortable. Yeah, it comes down to the word fit, right? Because ultimately, Nurk scored three points, played 24 minutes, and the Suns whoops mass. That's the end goal. Like, we don't need Nurkic to be a guy who goes for 20 and 15. We're not paying him to be a guy who's 20 and 15. We need him to be a fit guy. And he fit tonight. He was passing out of a lot of things because he knew that he had the assets around him who could be productive, and he took advantage of that. Uh, yeah, on the body language side, there is some frustration because he's trying to understand what that fit is because mm-hmm. he has been one constant in this lineup. It's like him and KD are the constants. Everything else from a starting five standpoint is constantly moving around them. Here comes Beal. There goes Beal. Hi, Booker. Oh, bye, Booker. Oh, welcome back, Booker. A Kogi, KBD. Now it's Grayson Allen. Now it's uh, Eric Gordon. I mean, th- there's a lot of inconsistency in the players that are playing around him. What I do appreciate about Nurkic tonight was the fact that he didn't put Rudy Gobert in a chokehold, but he did put him in a, a kind of a chokehold uh, offensively. The guy scored four points, two of five from the field. He had eight rebounds. This is one of the best defenders, you know, uh, from an advanced stand statistic standpoint and respected multiple defensive player of the year candidate or and, and award winner in Rudy Gobert. And Nurkic's one job is, hey, just neutralize that guy. You neutralize. It's, it's when Rudy Gobert is that tertiary score for the Wolves that that team gets really scary um, or just a tertiary. I wouldn't even say score. I'd say a tertiary uh impact guy and he wasn't an impact guy at all tonight and you can kind of thank Nurkic on that so I know that we're not seeing great numbers from Nurkic but we're still seeing production um, within the confines of what the starting offense is knowing that that starting offense continues to shift around him so he is going to be confused at times he is going to be getting yelled at or at least have some body language that is not positive because he's like come on like I'm trying to understand where I'm supposed to be I'm trying to be where I'm going to be um, but like John Doe six or John does 69 in the chat says zero turnovers from Nurk is part of what we need from him. And that's what he gave to us tonight. Zero turnovers from Nurk. Yeah. That, it's, that, that's yeah. what's killed us is the six turnover games from Nurk. That's when we have issues. That's when we lose games. Yeah. I, I think for me, it's just like the post game interview is kind of where he's just like, well, you know, trying to figure things out. He's very blunt about everything. He'll let you know, kind of like Aiden, but in a kind of an opposite way where you kind of believe him. Mm-hmm. kind of you know Aiden would say shit be like, oh at least you're being honest but I'm like I don't believe Aiden but Nurk is like I'm like damn dude like sometimes I feel like he's kind of not part of the whole Kevin Durant Booker team you know what I mean like yet true in a way yet it's it's a weird dynamic man but I think it'll be more positive in the future I just think there's just something weird there but whatever all right all right we'll we'll ping that we'll put that on the radar over here that's on Matthew's rip boom on your radar <laughs> Boom. the sun's jam session subreddit stakeout
absolutely no warning and then i just drop that drop on you and you have to be ready to change over oh my gosh so it looks like the king was hanging out uh, in minnesota tonight huh yeah that's where i'm from uh-huh good no, friends with prince no, isn't he wasn't he friends with prince i don't know no prince a little overrated i think prince a little overrated I agree with that. I'm not. Well, I'm not a Prince guy. Like I know, it's just I think he's I was a little a, overhyped. You if know? you got he's, if you got to pick between Prince and Michael Jackson, I pick Michael Jackson. Oh, I, I pick a hundred music only. <laughs> music yeah, only. I know he's gifted. Prince is gifted, but it's just like Taylor Swift. Like there's just something missing there. Sorry, Justin. Um, cool. so sheesh, book is cooking us. Yeah, that damn right, dude. Uh-huh. Need Jaden on Booker. Eh, doesn't matter, man. So I don't that think was one thing that was that, that, that was one thing that was interesting that we noticed was in the first half, Jaden McDaniels was guarding KD and you would ant on Booker. And then at the beginning of the second half, they switched it defensively. And what did the Suns do? They just switched it. They would run a high screen with Booker and Durant, and they just all right, put the guys right back on who they want. That's the, exactly uh, and that's the next comment right here, man. One screen and the Suns get whatever offense they want. Easy. Yeah, yeah. it is easy. The game was so much easier with Book. It's insane, dude. Awful game for McDaniels getting cooked and can't make anything. Um, yeah, need Rudy to go to get hot from three. <laughs> I don't think that's very. I don't know. Just a goofball in there, you know. No, there's travels those, a lot. those those goofballs on the subreddits. <laughs> Do you think Booker travels? I don't. I don't ever see it travel. Uh, what's up with the compressed uh, fake fan noise? When yeah. we're on offense, yeah. So the whole defense thing we I were talking that. about it—it drives me nuts. It hurts my ears. Me too. It's really loud. They're defense, and every time they play it, they don't play it all the time. But whenever they—they, they, uh, what's the word to bring in the noise? I'm clearly tired. Bring the noise. No, they—they—they they, they, uh, funnel in the noise. Anyways, whenever they just have it playing, you know, defense over the mm-hmm. loudspeakers, they always give up a fucking basket. Every fucking time. It's confusing. I think the fans, it hurts their ears and they don't want to shout defense. Yeah. Don't like it. Don't like it. Um, Bro, they can't miss. Forget this. They locked off. That was the end of Subreddit State Go. So not not a lot of shit talking from the Minnesota Timberwolves fans, huh? No. They're very nice up there. It's because they know Prince. The Suns Jam Session Subreddit Stakeout. So obviously one thing that we haven't talked about tonight, but was a clear factor in the Phoenix Suns winning tonight is they only had nine turnovers. And this is a team in the Minnesota Timberwolves who are the uh, best defensive team in the league, a team that forces turnovers, a team that is going to make you pay for those turnovers as well with the way that they score off of them. And the Phoenix Suns, again, they only had nine and you take a look you know this being the 11th game at their total turnovers this entire season and outside of the game in philly the game in philly we only had 10 and then when we played utah wantanabe uh, utah jazz we had 11 so this was our the first time we've had single digits and turnovers and that's what's so important for this team the fourth quarter matthew Phoenix suns were outscored by 10 33 to 23 we scored 35 points in the first 41 in the second 34 in the in the third 23 in the fourth still got to do better in that fourth quarter right yeah definitely i think it's there but i think it's kind of a mental thing right i think it's when you get into the situation where it's just kind of like you know game sevens or closeout games now for the suns in the playoffs it's like 
Are we going to get blown out again by 30 points? That's the thing that's going to be in the back of their heads. Going in the fourth, it's like, you know, you can't blow it. You know, you want that 30-point lead. But still, even then, you're like, there's still a chance the Suns can give it up. Um, I think they kind of got past that hurdle tonight for sure. So it definitely just, you know, staying with Book as long as you could in the fourth quarter um, really helped. And that was the main difference, right? He cleared up all our issues. Tonight. It was it was definitely a step in the right right direction, and, and we needed it because it's been a something that you know the Suns are on the Schneid, and it's like before this game in the first ten games, if the Suns had just played three quarters of every game, they would have been seven and three, but they were four and six because they've blown that many fourth quarters, and so to get off the Schneid a little bit again, being outscored by ten points, you take a look at some of the shooting percentages, and in the fourth quarter. The uh, the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves were 11 of 25 from the field for 44 percent, but the Sun shot 50 percent in that fourth quarter. That's big. Yeah. That's big. You got you know before that they were shooting like 36 percent. They were 28th in the league. Now, granted, they were one of six from the field, 16 points, or, or I'm sorry, from three point land, 16.7 percent. Um, they didn't have, and it was due to turnovers of, of their nine turnovers. Four of them happened in that fourth quarter. As I mentioned a little bit earlier, like KD came in, two of them happened right off the bat. But as you mentioned, a step in the right direction, help you get off the schneid, gain some of that confidence. Be like, okay, that was a little blip on the radar at the beginning of the season. We'll be okay in fourth quarters moving forward because of Devin Booker. And again, that's a big thing. You got to have that guy play well for you in the fourth. Isn't that crazy though? Like just how good he is, but then it kind of worries you too, because he does have the injury issues as well. You know, like of I think course. the thing is, I think the thing is that we're worried about, and I think he, he even talked about pregame interview at the shoot around. We talked about, it's more of a fans thing to be worried about. And he said the season, you know, it's, it's a grind, but it's also very, very important to be, you know, together and figure things out. But the thing is, is like, we know how good we are with Booker. It's just, the issue is just the injury thing that keeps lingering with him and Beal. But it's just like, damn, like if he just didn't have that, problem like this he would definitely be an mvp candidate this year and in time we shall see if he does fall onto that list because of yeah. what this team is is capable of doing the level of play that he's playing at the fact that he's in his prime and the fact that in the seven games he was out you know the phoenix suns were clearly a different team they clearly struggled yeah. and the, all those things are narratives and narratives are what matter when it comes to the mvp conversation Every big in the league at this point who is of worth has gotten theirs. Giannis has got his. Jokic has two. Embiid got his last year. It might be part of the narrative this year might be, hey, the uh, the the league needs to award a guard. When's the last time a guard won the MVP? You know, it's probably been since Steph Curry. So that's something that might be, again, work in his favor. All those different factors coming together. We shall see. Time to hand out some hardware. Jam star of the game. All right, Jamsters, it's a reminder if you're watching along live, go ahead and hit that thumbs up button and subscribe. If you're watching later, do the same. If you're listening to the podcast, if you want to give us a, a, a sub and a review, go for it. If not, whatever. I don't care. <laughs> Too, I'm, I'm too tired. I'm trying to be quiet because like my entire family's asleep. Like I'm, I'm sure yeah, I sound I'm a lot different on this. I'm like, hey, hi, how are you? I'm just like, hey guys, hey, uh, the sun's oh, wearing tonight. Outside my tent. Oh my god, I'm so scared right now. I'm afraid to give away a jam star. Matthew, who are you giving them a jam star of the game to? I don't give it to Booker. Okay. Booker is very important to this team, and he proved it tonight. Right? <laughs> I think he is too. <laughs> 
I'm a big fan of that Booker guy. Um, yeah, I'm giving it to Devin Booker. Um, I just I think that having him back uh, clearly changed the outcome of this game and the way that this whole team just looks because for all the mentioned reasons mentioned before, how he's just the way he controls the offense, the way he controls uh, how the spacing works and takes care of the ball. And he's not the greatest to take care of the ball. I understand that. But he did a great job taking care of the ball tonight, as did the Phoenix Suns. And that's why they won the game. Taking a look at what do the Jamsters have to say. Blaze Megatron gives it to BDB, the big dick booker. Eubanks second quarter is what Jack M gives it to. He says when the game was there to be won, he showed up. Uh Hunt star zero five. I mean, the obvious answer is book, but Eubanks gets the Marley Hustle award of the game. Agreed. More than Ma- that. Yeah. Michael Kolb gives it to KD and Big Dick Booker, the best out there. Fuck yeah, baby. G O D three BDB in purple in the purple book ones. Yeah, those purple nice. ones look yep. nice. Matthew, the whole time we're watching the game, I'm like, look at their shoes. Now look at their shoes. Yeah, look at their shoes. The time, he's like, hey, he changed his shoes. I'm like, yeah. I don't remember. <laughs> I look at the shoes and I told you like I I couldn't find a picture but the shoes Harden was wearing last night against the Denver Nuggets like uh, those look pretty fucking cool on the court you got to find that Uh, Eubanks the great white shack from John does 69 and Drew Eubanks from Elmer W. Kagape as well I hope I said that last night right so all right next up for the Phoenix Suns Bloom's hopping on a plane tomorrow too to head up to Utah we are playing the Utah Jazz Friday, 8 p.m. Arizona time, a little bit later because uh, Utah is going to be an in-season tournament game for the Phoenix Suns. And we are just 0-1, right? Yeah, just 0-1. Just 0-1. Yep. So back-to-back games against Utah, the first coming on Friday, the second coming on Sunday. Thoughts on playing the Utah Jazz and who wins? I think the Suns win. Um, You know, this is the in-season tournament. I'm actually kind of excited for the Suns to win one. I was thinking while we're watching today's game, like kind of sucked just not to win the in-season tournament to this year. I don't know why. I just want the Suns to try to go for it, right? But the thing is, is like you have to focus on the injuries. So going into this game, who's going to be out? Who's going to be in? I thought I told you too. I'm like, if Beal's back in this game, just to say he is. I think KD sits out. I think KD takes a rest day because I think he kind of deserves it. I think it'd be, like, Fuck, we're not going to ever get the big <laughs> If he did, it would be Sunday, I think, not this think game. Sunday? Okay. Yeah, I would think so. Um, I will say that I did pick the Minnesota Timberwolves to win this last game on the podcast you weren't on. And uh, were you on the last podcast with me? No. I, fucking remember I was at the game. I just said, hey. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah, it was me and Gav. Shout out to Gav. Uh, but I, I picked I, I picked Mini and I lost. So that doesn't help me. That's my third loss this season, which ties me with you. Um, Yeah, the Suns win this game. I think we win both games up there in Utah. We've already beat them once. And it's a team that is in the uh, process of just trying to understand who they are as well as rebuild. And I don't know if Utah's court will... Uh, annoy us enough on TV. I'm interested to see what their court, what the Utah court. Looks I think they're like. going to do more of a rendition of the the '90s throwbacks because they have I the throwback so. as like their city edition. So okay. I think it's going to be more of that look. I don't think they'll do. They can't do the the highlighter. We wouldn't be able to watch. Yeah, the highlighter yellow would just be so no gross. Way. And yeah, it seems like all the teams are wearing city edition stuff when they have their in season tournament courts. So 
Uh, we'll find out on Friday. So, Jamsters, we hope that you pop in and say hi to us after that. Again, thanks for joining us late if you're watching along live. But if you're watching a later time or listening, this is just normal content to you, except I'm a little bit more muted. I probably I sound a lot more tired. I'm really hungry. I can't get any hot dogs at halftime. No, yeah. I went to the Wetzel's pretzel line, and it was so fucking long. I was like, fuck <laughs> me, man. I'm not going to spend the entire third quarter for some Wetzel's pretzels because I have to type. I was I was typing for bright sides. It's like, you can't yeah, do that with Wetzel pretzel thing. There, I was. I had a lot of things going on. Did you? I did. So on that note, Jamsters, thank you for joining us. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. Follow me at Darth Voida. Read my writing at Bright Side of the Sod. The Sun. Bright the Sod. Bright Side of the Sun. We truly appreciate it. And shout out to John Bloom, who took some time after the game to hang out with a couple, a couple of podcasters over some some good old-fashioned brown liquor and talk about Phoenix Suns basketball. That was really fun. So have a safe flight, sir. We'll, uh, we'll be listening to you on Friday. Matthew, anything else before we get out? Yeah, go home and love your family. <laughs>